In Kirkavas, we were holding in the Mishnah, the third of the Mishnahs which we taught by Hillel. Who are your Omer? If I'm not for myself, then who is for me? And even if I am for myself, what am I? And if not, now then when? Rashi explains it. If I don't become mitzvahs myself, so no one's going to become them for me. And even if I do go and do a mitzvah, so still it could be that I'm not fulfilling everything I need to fulfill. And actually, if I don't use opportunity in this world, then when will I get an opportunity to deserve reward? Which sounds like very straightforward advice to everybody to maximize one's opportunities in this world to do what they can. Let's see what the moral adds to it. And the moral says, a person shouldn't consider himself to be somebody who has natural midas. And therefore, what a person needs to do is he needs to acquire the Torah. The Torah is what gives a person uh, his stature, his level, his connection to Ruchnius. It doesn't come naturally. If a person doesn't work himself to complete himself, perfect himself in Torah and Mitzvahs, then who's going to do it for me? Which means, that the other people's Mitzvahs or Torah can't provide a person with Shlemus. In other words, even though we have a concept, which we find that a person can do mitzvahs or learn Torah as a schos for somebody else. We even talk about a person learning Torah and sharing the reward with someone else, as is famous in the story of Yisachar and Zvodan. But that doesn't give the person the Torah. He might get the reward for Torah, he might get the schos of the Torah, but to, does he have the knowledge of Torah? In this world we don't find that if one person learns, the other person gets the knowledge. And therefore, what the Torah is, gives a person the, the, that completion in his understanding, or the mitzvahs which bring a person to complete his character, to work on his mitzvahs, again, even if I can share the schus with somebody, or I can enable them to do the mitzvahs, but the effect the mitzvah has is only going to affect the person who does it. And that's what Hillel says on that level. If I'm not there for myself, then who's going to be there for me? Because you can't benefit from somebody else's learning, someone else's mitzvahs. It's only what a person achieves for themselves. And even if his father would have learned a lot of Torah, his son is not going to inherit that Torah. Again, even though the Gemara says that the Torah, is the Torah returns to its place of lodging. And therefore the Gemara says that if there's a family in which three generations of the grandfather, father, child, all apply themselves to Torah, all the people who spent their lives in Torah, so then the fourth generation, the Torah returns to his home, that doesn't mean that he'll naturally know the Torah. It might mean that it's easier for him, or there's a certain set of the Shema when he tries to learn, but to learn he must. It's not going to happen without that. And therefore, a person can't give Torah as Yerusha. By money, one person can make the money and give it as a gift to somebody else. 
Or a person dies after being amassed the fortune, and someone else is going to get it by virtue of his inheritance. In this world, it's possible to do things which somebody else is going to get the benefit from, even if it's talking about bracha, which means even sometimes we're talking about the bracha Hashem gives, so it could be one person deserves it, and in his course, everybody's going to get. And the Gemara, he brings a very clear example of this, that says, which means the rainfall, like the Apostle says, is not in our merit. And if we listen to Hashem, then and if not, if you obey Hashem, then Hashem will send the rain. If we don't obey Hashem, then Hashem will be angry and not send the rain. But the Gemara says sometimes that's dependent on the schus of the individual, which means one tzaddik can, in his schus, the rain will fall. And now when rain falls, everybody benefits from it. The rain doesn't fall only for his property or only in his, in his garden. And uh, therefore you see an idea that one person's schus can help everybody else. I mean, there's even more first pasuk. It's interesting that Maral didn't bring it. If there'd be a Tamil Chacham or a number of Tamil Chacham in a place, so then Hashem will save the whole place and their merit. And same thing, when he brings the next Gemara, the same idea, that the entire world has the ability to be sustained in the Schos of Rabbi which means one side, it can bring bracha and everyone can benefit from the bracha. But it only exists in Olam Azeh. But that a person should get what he needs in order to acquire Olam Abba. Then it doesn't work like that. Only if he, what he got for himself. And one person can't be mashlim Olam Abba for a different person. This world is also a world where what a person has he can share, he can give to others. Olam Abba doesn't work like that. Olam Abba, the man in a different place, is really a person's existential level. And it's not a gift of what the person can use or can have or can enjoy. That works in this world. What a person has doesn't necessarily mean it's his. It's he's able to use it. Someone can share with me. Someone can give me a gift. Somebody can lend me something. Olam Abba is a, a, a defined by a, a level of this is what he is and therefore that's his... That's his mitzvah. That's his what, what, the level of reward is is the level of a person's existence, and that's something a person can only do for themselves. Where where he is, in other words, intrinsically, is where he's brought himself to. So that's the first point that Hillel says. And the second point, asks me if he, if a person is for himself, then money. So what am I? Explains the Maral. That's Sulaima. If a person does what he's meant to do, money. A person is physical and therefore isn't able to do as much I'm sorry, as he could for his nefesh. And what does that mean? So he brings a midrash. On the pastor called Amal Adam Nafiyu. That everything a person does, the few is for his own mahaf. So there's two explanations in the Midrash. The first one relates to what he said first. All the work a person puts into doing mitzvahs or mitzvahs, it's only for himself. 
That's the first point. The spiritual effect of the mitzvah only helps the person who did it. It's not going to help his children. It's not a Yerusha. It doesn't help someone else. That's the first chat, which relates to the first thing he all said. The second chat in the Mishnah. Amar of Levi. That's me again. The nefesh of a person knows that what he works is for itself. And therefore, it's never satisfied with mitzvahs and ma'asim tovim. What does that mean? So, Avlevi explains himself. It's the example of a villager who married a princess. And he now brings the princess back to his primitive village. He might feed her the, the most delectable food that's available in the village. He's not going to satisfy her. Why? And therefore, this is fancy. This might be the best the village cooks can come up with, but it doesn't begin to compare to the royal chefs. You're going to give me the best uh, table setting, the nicest dishes, the most comfortable chairs that the village can produce. What's it going to be? Uh, a wooden chair which doesn't creak, a tablecloth made out of a simple material that doesn't impress the Basmalachim. She's used to fancy the rather couches, she's used to gold, gold cutlery, whatever it's going to be, that you can't give her things on her standard. And therefore, therefore, as much as a person is going to do, it's not enough for the nefesh. Why? It comes from Shemaim, and therefore has a different standard. That's the Midrash. So, the Maral explains, That's the first thing we said. Whatever a person does, they do for themselves. Because what I do can't help somebody else, not even my family, not even my children. Again, like we said, one person will help other people. But the effect of the Torah, the knowledge which I can learn, doesn't mean my children know that knowledge. The effect that the mitzvahs have on refining my personality won't apply to somebody else. That's an important point, because one can't do that work for your child. It's a chinuch point, distract ourselves from the topic for just a minute to discuss this. People think that there's so much they want to help their children, they want to do everything for their children. And in a physical sense, they definitely can. And if they want to give them schosim and daven for them, or do mitzvahs, or give stocker that they should have a tzlacha, you can do that as well. But if they're going to think, you know what, I'll, I'll do his homework for him. I'll learn for him. I'll do a mitzvah, because he doesn't want to do it, I'll do it in his place. That's not going to work. It's not going to work because it's not something you can do for somebody else. And the corollary to that is to see sometimes, like, how could it be that a father was on such a high level and the children didn't live up to that? They didn't continue that level. So why didn't the children live up to the same level as the parents? And it's not a question. The parents put in work to reach their level. The child might have been brought up with the intention to do the same. But if he's not putting in the work, he's not achieving. It doesn't come naturally and it doesn't come automatically. Okay, so that's the first point. Now the second point, and that is Mo'ani. So he explains. Maybe a person feels I can satisfy myself. I can fill myself with mitzvahs. Just like a person can fill himself physically. 
A person who eats and drinks without the vada, his stomach will be filled. There's a certain satiation point, a person can't eat more. So if a person does enough mitzvahs, he's going to reach that same less level of being overfilled, he can't do more, it'll never happen. Why? Which means as much as a person, let's imagine the example would be that a person has the stomach of a person, and is the mouth of an ant. So as much as he's able to eat and eat and eat and eat, but let's imagine because the capacity of what, what the, the person can take in is much more than a person would ever be able to supply himself with. So it's the same thing over here. The medicine medicine a person does is meant to satisfy his nefesh. But it's never going to do that. Not because nefesh doesn't like what the person is doing, it does. But it'll never be enough. Because nefesh has the ability to take so much more so that it'll never get to the stage where the nefesh is satisfied. In other words, we're talking about something we're in the spiritual level, a person's nefesh. How much can the spiritual nefesh absorb, take in, much more than the physical could ever provide for it. And that's the side we see in the spiritual world, that the proportion of the physical doesn't apply there. I'll give two examples. The first example is the Gemara Nidah. The Gemara Nidah says that when the baby is still in the womb before it's born, a Malach teaches it the entire Torah. And we have to think to ourselves, this baby must be absolutely gifted, more than that. To learn the entire Torah in less than nine months, it's, even if a person would apply themselves for many times nine months, they won't learn the whole Torah. How is it possible for a baby to learn the entire Torah in less than nine months? And the answer is, because what's being taught then is an nefesh, and it's not within the physical realm, and therefore the, the rules which apply to physicality don't apply to the nefesh. Now let's just think about that for a moment. It means on the level of a nefesh, it's able to learn the whole Torah in nine months. So now the person is born, the person grows up. The person is a Tamil Chacham, and he's learning diligently. And in nine months, let's say he learns, even let's say he'd learn 100 daf a month, he learned 900 daf. So he thinks, wow, look how much I've learned. That doesn't fill the nefesh. The nefesh learned the whole shas in that amount of time, and everything else as well. And therefore, as much as the person can do, it's never going to be enough to satisfy his nefesh. Let's give another example. When Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Arsena, so Moshe Rabbeinu was there for 40 days and he learned the entire Torah. Now, granted Moshe Rabbeinu was on a level of his own, no one touches Moshe's level of understanding, of greatness, of roughness, of anything. But still, the entire Torah in 40 days? And the answer is, when Moshe went up to Shemaim, he went to a spiritual realm. He didn't eat, he didn't drink, he didn't sleep. And therefore, the limitations of physicality didn't apply to him. And if that's the case, then the nefesh can learn the whole Torah in 40 days. Now, once again, so now let's say that person is going to put in 40 days of superlative effort, do his best, learn as much as he can. It'll never be what the nefesh can do. A person by nature is physically is limited, and therefore that limitation prevents him from getting to the stage which will satisfy the nefesh. And therefore it's not that the nefesh is unhappy that it doesn't want what the person is doing. It's exactly what the nefesh wants. It wants Torah, it wants mitzvahs, but the point is leti male which means we'll never get to the point of you've given me enough. And that's the motion. Or maybe Rebbe Moshe Zayde, Irani, Shub, Ben Kfar, Villager, Shainasi, Basmelachim. She actually, Irani, as she ate the Chavosim, Basmelachim. 
Not that she's necessarily unhappy with what he's giving her, but it's never enough for her. Even if a person is going through lots of mitzvahs, learn a lot of Torah, and it all helps his nefesh, but it'll never satisfy the nefesh completely that it will be b'shlemus, that it will have everything it needs. It'll never be satisfied with what a person can do. Since the nefesh is something spiritual, the person is something physical. And if that's the case, this brings us to discuss an important point in the Rashgah. And that is, why would Hashem do that to the nefesh? Send it down to this world to be constantly hungry, or to put it in a person who doesn't have the ability, even if he tries his best, to satisfy it. And the answer is like this. Really, I'm quoting from the Derech Hashem, the same idea. And that is, the point of a person in this world was never to fall the nefesh. The point of the person in this world was never to complete himself to the highest level possible. For that, the lifetime of a person would, wouldn't be enough even if you used it in the best, most productive way possible. So what's the point of what a person can do in this world? So I'd like to give a motion. If you wanted to send a space rocket, you wanted to send it to a distant planet, so we can think about, look, look how fast it has to go to, while it's still in the atmosphere of the world. And say, okay, so that's the way to send it to a planet. What's someone going to say to you? The planet's much, much further away than just the, 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 the sky, the, the, the atmosphere around us. You can't just focus on, so to speak, sending it up into the, into the sky here. It has to travel much, much further than that. And the answer is that's true. But what you need to work on is what's called escape velocity, which means it has, you have to make sure it can go fast enough to break through the gravitational pull of the world and now once it's going to fly, free from that drag which is pulling it back, it'll fly, it'll fly, it'll fly, it'll get there. We just have to make sure that it doesn't get pulled back by gravity before it gets to that outer space where it can keep flying without that. And the act is the marshal for this point as well. And that is, what the nefesh is, or the nesham is able to achieve, it's netzach netzachim. It's the, the endless time of Ganeiden, which of Ganeiden above, which it has to achieve that. And don't think that a person who's using his life well is getting anything close to that. And if that's the case, what's the point of what a person does here? To attain an escape velocity, which means to set the nesham on that journey, to begin the process. Because once the person's begun that process, then it continues and continues and continues. And therefore, the nefesh is going to grow the netzach netzachim. A person will advance more and more forever and ever. That's chay o'elam but what a person needs in this world is to begin that, to set himself on the traje- trajectory where it's going to get there. How do you do that? So the Gemara tells us this. The Gemara then the Moed Katan, Tamini Chachamim Ene Menuchel Oiv Oilem Azeh, Oiv Oilem Abba, Shneemar Yechu Mechayel Al Chayel. They keep growing from one strength to another strength, from one level to another level. What makes 
what allows them to grow? And the answer is, what they grow in this world, that, so to speak, fuels the engine. It sets the path. And now they continue to keep growing the same way. But there's another point to think about also. Which is really going to get to the next point that I was going to say in the Mishnah. Let's just mention first. There's another important point here too, and that is that even if a person is which means he's, he's gone to that stage where he can endlessly grow and, and gain and learn more and develop whatever it's going to be in terms of Ruchnes, not everybody is the same. There are different levels of And what sets the level? So think of it like a graph. If I have a graph and I plot a line along the graph, then as the graph continues, the line will continue. At what at what angle, exactly the same angle I began. So I have an angle which uh, that I drew the line on, and as the graph continues, the line will continue on and on and on and on, infinitely at that same angle. And if that's the case, if one person has an angle, let's say 10 degrees, that line will continue to grow to only 10 degrees. Another person has an angle of 75 degrees. That line will be a much sharper rise. It will go up much more quickly, and then again, if it's going forever, then it will rise at a much higher rate forever. Which means, they might both be continuing forever, but the distance between them is widening the whole time. A person's Adam Abba is that entitlement to be in a stage where it's going to grow in Ruchmas forever. That's what the Nefeshes are capable of. That's what the Nasham of a person is able to do. But, the rate of growth, which means at what speed, so to speak, or how much a person is growing, Depends on the amount he grew here. A person in this lifetime doesn't just set the begin the process, so to speak, uh, charge the engines to start be, to start traveling. He also sets the rates of growth, and therefore, based on the rates of growth that a person grew in this world, he's going to continue growing like Rambam. The person who did much more, his Yelcho Mechayel and Chayel will grow to level to level at a much more rapid rate. That's Achmetzachim. The person who grew but at a much slower rate will continue to grow at that same slow rate in that Zachmatzach. So for sure, it's also the ability to remember the Nefesh more. It's an ability for a person to keep growing, but how much they're going to grow, so then it will depend on the amount they grew here. And therefore, a person shouldn't think that the end point is what he can achieve in this world. Even if a person is using his Kaychus and is using his time and is working on himself, but money, how much can I achieve here? Compared to the amount that I intend to achieve in the future, I can just begin. I can just begin. I can just do as much as possible to start because I don't imagine I'm going to get to that final point of my learning or understanding in this world. That's the first point. No one can do it for me. When a person loses his body, but that a nerve attaches to the candle. And therefore, it's a mitzvah a person can do which attaches to his body, whereas the Torah is the R without attachment to anything, that's something spiritual. What a person can do will never fulfill the nefesh completely. And then the last point, she says, There's a limited amount of time in this world. If I don't do it now, then wait. A person should put himself to as much as he can. 
people will help me out. People will do it for me. No one can do it for you. It's only you can do yourself. And secondly, You don't think, I don't have to do any more because I've done enough. Now I'm Yetzirah, I've done enough, I'm Potter. And the answer is, you never Potter, you never can always take more. It's always possible to achieve more and to grow more. A person is not guaranteed how long he's going to live. And therefore, a person can't even, for the, what he thinks he needs the time to do, he can't even rely on that. He doesn't know how much time Hashem is going to give him. And uh, the last point on that, says these are all Debra Hillel, Debra Anova, that very much want to encourage a person to do more. On that last point, there's another point as well. And that is, a person doesn't know the amount of time Hashem gave him to live. According to Ramchal, we quoted previously, the amount of time Hashem gave a person to live is better than the amount of time that he needs to start the process which is going to be able to continue growing from in Olam But now, the amount of a person uses his time sets the rate of that growth, sets the rate of growth. If a person, let's say, went up 10 steps in Ruchnius in one year, or he went to 10 steps in Ruchnius over the course of 80 years, that's a completely different rate of growth. And therefore, Mnei Akshav Emosai is also affecting What's the Olam going to be? It's not just a question of let use the time now well. Use the time now well because that's defining better how much you're going to grow. It's defining more the rates of growth. And the more a person does, the, which means the more they, the more quickly, if you call it that, they're growing, then it's going to, they're going to grow as quickly at the same rate like Olam If there was a certain amount that a person had to know, he can work, he can, know, like a person to learn for a test. So you can say, I already know the information, I don't have to learn more, or that I can work in the head, this is how long it's going to take me, so I can allocate a certain amount of time for it, then I'm done. When it comes to Ruchnius, both things are wrong. Number one, there's no set amount. So you can never be done. And number two, there isn't even a goal of, this is the amount that a person is to work on reaching, and I can work on how to get there, because the goal is more. And the more a person does, then the, maybe the more, the, as a result, the more reward they're going to achieve as well.